glory. Matthew chapter 5. I want to remind you about something. Christianity is not about you. It isn't. Christianity, walking the life, is not about you. Now, you look at what we've done to some of these special holidays. Look at Easter. What have we done with Easter? Made it about Easter bunnies and egg hunts and all that kind of stuff, and the great resurrection is pushed aside. Take a look at Thanksgiving, a day that this nation set aside to give thanks for what God has done, kept them from, blessed them, and we've made it a day of feasting and football. Look what we did with Christmas. We're supposed to celebrate the birth of Christ coming, coming to this earth. We've made it about gifts and trees and presents and decorations and lights and Santa Claus. We've made it about us. And now there's a great move to make church and Christianity about you. What can you get from God? What can God do for you? What do you have for me now, Pastor? I need this. I need that. And it's not about you. It isn't. Just like this little dedication service we had in a little clip. It said, um, Lord, how did that song go? Make me like you because when he sees me, I want him to see Jesus. Okay? What is the world seeing when they look at the church? They're seeing us. And that is horrible. You understand? They need to see Christ. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot this morning because this is not about you. There is a price to pay and a cost to pay if we want to see the move of God and if we want to be a true, true, a true, true church. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. A little longer because of all the baby dedications. I'm not planning on going long just to be long, but get your mind off of that stuff and concentrate on Almighty God. We're in the house of God, about to hear the word of God. Okay? Nothing to do with me. Everything about God. Everything. Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, happy, are the pure in heart. The days of counseling people, into serving Christ are over. The days of talking people into coming to church because it's good for you, those days are over. It almost seems like the days of handing out tracts are over because the church has been into themselves so much and the world sees the same thing in the church that they see in their own lives. We must have the demonstration of the power of Almighty God. The true, holy power of God. The presence of God that sets us apart from all the foolishness and silliness that goes on in the name of Jesus. And you cannot buffalo God. 
You can me. I can buffalo myself. But God says, if you want to see God, something has to happen. And what has to happen according to that scripture says there must be a purity in the heart. Blessed are those that are pure in heart. For the promise and the reward is, you shall see God. And so you and I have got to pay this price and cost in trusting Almighty God to make us pure in heart. To take us through that process so that the lost and dying world can see God, a true, authentic, holy, majestic, merciful, soul-saving God. But who's going to do that here? Who's going to pay that price? Who's going to say, I will trust you totally and completely? Now let's look. Let's look at the Word of God, this simplistic Word of God. Pure in heart, they shall see God. That word pure, now listen, it means free from corrupt desires from sin and guilt. Now look at that already, right off the bat. You can say, we need help. All right? Now, because who can do this on their own? What person can say, okay, I'll get a grip this morning, Pastor. I want to be used by God. I will do this for you. I will be free from corrupt desires from sin and guilt. It is beyond human ability. We need divine ability. We need God's process, not my process. We need God to do this. Pure in heart. The thought of this is a straightness, an honesty, a clearness that we should be in this world. Straight, honest, and clear. People not given to the stains of the world that they're in. We're mixed with the world. Divorce is equal. Drinking is equal. All the things that the world does, bitterness and hatred, fights, we're equal with it. The pure in heart receive the most wonderful reward. They shall see God. We shall see God in the midst of what we do as a ministry. We shall see God in the midst of our worship service, in our altar calls, in our outreaches. We shall see God moving like never before if we let God do this process in us of making us pure in heart. Because true Christianity lies in the heart, not in the head, not in a program. It's in the heart. Jeremiah 4 says this, Oh, Jerusalem. This is as if Jeremiah is pleading with the people of God. Oh, Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. Listen to this. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Do you understand vain thoughts, wicked things, contrary to what God wants us to be? They lodge in our hearts. Lodge in them. We can't get them out. They're lodged in this heart of ours. And we need a move of God to get these lodged thoughts out of our hearts so that God can move in the midst of us and through us no matter where we are, whether it's in this building or outside, out there. 
that God will no longer withdraw from us because of our sin, but He will come to us and move through us. Oh, Jerusalem! God's pleading with us this morning. Psalmist says in verse uh, chapter 24, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Are you really wanting to climb the hill, the mountain, to get to God? And so he says here, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in His holy place? And here's the answer. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not uh, lifted up his soul unto vanity or swore uh, deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. These are not unattainable. We can't do them, but they're not unattainable. God has told us, you want to see me. You want me to manifest myself into your life and into your presence, into your circumstances, into your lost, dying nation. Then He gives us how to do this. God needs willing vessels. God needs a church that's not going to play church. God's going to need people that will step forward and say, Me, I don't know how it's going to be, but I want it to be me. 2 Timothy 2 says this, Flee also youthful lusts. Now I turned 60 in July. That doesn't rule me out. We have these youthful lusts still in us. So God says, Flee them, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, or which means love, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a Pure heart. A pure heart. Now we're going to kind of do the principal thing here. When you get called on the carpet by the principal, here in a few minutes when I get through making this point, I'm going to ask someone to call upon Almighty God. Stop right in the middle of the sermon and say, okay, call upon God that new hope can have a pure heart. And it will be between you and God at that point. You could be going, no way, not me, forget it. Don't count me in on this. And He won't. But God will save by many or by few. He'll still do it. And I want to be in the midst of the few. I do. Hebrews 10.22 tells us this then. This is what we're going to ask you to do. Let us draw near. Not back away from God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We can draw near to God in a way uh, never available to someone under the Old Covenant. Under the Old Testament, no way they couldn't do this. The work of Jesus has made made it available for us to be able to draw near through the work that was on the cross. So God now tells you, draw near unto me. And so the Word of God says, let us draw near. Us. 
all of us. It's an invitation from God. It's an encouragement to draw near by God to you and I. And you have to figure that out this morning. Now, by church in America, the majority of it not drawing near, we have paid a horrible price. I wonder if you understand the price that we've paid. I mean, history does repeat itself. It was the days in Nehemiah also. Same thing. A horrible price they paid. And a fellow was walking by by the name of Hanani. And it says that Hanani, one of my brethren, this is Nehemiah talking, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the uh, captivity concerning Jerusalem. He asked them, how's things going? How's the remnant? How's the church? How's the move of God? How's Zanesville going? Are they being stirred? How's the, the people of God in this city? The remnant? And he answers, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. This is beyond human fixing. We need a divine intervention by Almighty God. We do. We absolutely do. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. It's like a, a definition of our country. The gates and the wall were the Word of God that kept the evil out. It's all broken down in our nation. It is a prime time for the church to rise from the ashes and to fall on her knees. But you see, if we make this all about us, we don't care what's going on out there. As long as me, myself, and I are all right, and I'm working, and I have a job, and that's what's happened. We've made it all about us. And no, 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 you're the one that God is calling on to sacrifice. That He could work through you. So, he gets this horrible report. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. We, as a church, are misrepresenting the glory and the majesty and the power of God. We're misrepresenting it. God says the pure in heart shall see God. And we're really not seeing God. Those that it's about me blame God. Those who are it's about God blame me. It's me, God. It's me. It's me, myself, and I is constantly in the way. There's something wrong with this heart. I know what you've said, God, but I don't care. I'm going to do this anyway. That's what has happened inside the church, the people of God. And so we're misrepresenting the majesty and the power of God in this modern-day church, in this pampered age. And stroking the cat the wrong way now. My cat always likes to be petted. It's always rubbing his cool cat. Always, 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 
always, always. I go this. He goes, what's up with you? It's contrary to everything that flows on his body. Everything is just this way. All the way to the tail. I mean, he's cool. I go all the way down. He don't care. As soon as I go the other way, he's, what's up with you? And today is the other way. But this is the way it is. This is it. Verse 5, Nehemiah says, and, I, and, I, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy of them that love him and observe his commandments. This is Nehemiah praying who loves Almighty God. And he's praying about his nation and the church. He said, Let thy ear now be attentive and thy eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We are a part of the church. When he says, both me and my father and I, that's us. Whether you actively are the one or not, corporately, we're guilty. We're guilty. And it's going to take us to rise up from the ashes, to fall upon our knees, and ask God, Lord, make me pure in heart so people can see God. We've got to have this move of God. When the widow woman's son died, was it Elijah that laid on the son two or three times? All that time, Elijah was with this woman. Then her son died. He went and raised her back from the dead, him from the dead. And what was the woman's words? Now I know you're a man of God. Not because they sang good or did a Christmas program, but because God honored by manifesting and bringing that child back. Our children are dead. They're dead to morality. They're dead to honesty. We have a number of teachers in this school. Go ask them. Go ask them. Open your eyes and ears and listen to what the children are doing. They're dead. And we need people that will die to self and lay on the altar until they can get God to manifest through them so that when they speak, they speak with power and authority and God backs it. Not so that you can publish your new book you're writing or to build a bigger church or to kick out that back wall, but to just honor God and the gospel. Luke says this, and he said unto one another, Did not our heart burn within us when we talked about the Word of God, about the things of God? Their heart burned. You know what I said when I read that scripture? Sometimes my heart doesn't burn, God. It doesn't burn. Do you understand that? Are you on, can you be honest enough and transparent enough to admit that? Is your heart burning for God? Oh, um, no, no, it's not. And then we expect God to move and run to us. Matthew 15, 8 says, The people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The only way we're going to get an answer from God is if we acknowledge this. 
absolutely acknowledges our nation is in a downward spiral and it seems like our church doesn't care. Church in America just doesn't seem like it. Psalmist says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity and my sin. I will acknowledge them. I will. Psalm 51, 7 says, Purge me with hyssop. Purge me, God. Will you ask God to purge you? When I ask that one person to stand in for new hope and cry out to God for a pure heart, will you ask them? Or you'll be like, I don't want that. I don't know what that means. That scares me. I don't. Then you have no trust in your heavenly Father. None whatsoever. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Psalms 24 said, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing. The blessing of God is the presence of God, is the moving of God. Aren't you tired of coming and singing and going and coming and singing and going and coming and singing and going and coming and singing and God. It's not God do something. It's us do something. Now let's stand, please. I've asked Ed to take us before the Lord. As Ed pleads with Almighty God for that pure heart, I'm trusting and counting on you're going to be doing the same. Corporately, as we go before God, acknowledge our sin, repent before Him. Actually, Adam was already in the Spirit saying what we're attempting to do here. The second point the Lord gave to me to give to you. Revelations 3.18, He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Now, God did something for me this week. I can't quite remember the day. Um, Might have been the tail end of last week. But uh, I had mentioned to you a while back about the Cares, is it called? Charisma Magazine. Charisma Magazine. It's a magazine. Maybe you've loved or not. But for however long it's been out, I really had, I didn't want anything to do with it. To me, it was very cream puffy. Uh, sugar-coated, marshmallow, all that gooey, s'mores, toast junk. Okay, all that kind of stuff. And then I told you maybe, I can't remember how long ago, I said, I think something's happened to that editor. Because I started reading some things of his that I would get sent to me uh, via email. I can't quite remember his name, Lee Getty or Lee Giddy or something like that. And I got another one sent to me, and they're not from him. And it said something on the, on the realm of this. Uh, that he has uh, started a new diet. And I thought, oh, come on. But he was talking about, I have dismissed and thrown away all modern popular books written about Christianity and the things of God. I have gone back to the old classics, as his word. And he mentioned like Tozer. He he mentioned Finney and Wigglesworth. Uh, He mentioned Wilkerson. All these people that I fed off all my life but recently have been taking a thrashing of, because of this popular, different-type gospel coming my way, and God just confirmed to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. How many, time, how many people realize every once in a while you need a shot in the arm from God saying, you're on the right path. 
all these other people are messed up. You're on the right path. And I would kept saying to God, how can I? I mean, you have to understand this is me and God. I'm not trying to make something. But I'm like, God, how can I be right and all these wrong? It's you sure. And I would go round and around with God because the, the thrashing. And I felt like I was dragged from behind a bumper because of everything that was put in me for years before I knew you was being challenged and ripped and shredded and... And then this guy does an about face. And I even told Ruth, something's happened to this guy. And then he, he just confirms everything that God has shown me throughout the years. That it is the right way, whether people like it or not. It is truly the right way. And so God is telling you, I counsel you. You're having a counsel session with Almighty God this morning. Buy of me gold tried in the fire. Not gold by man. Fool's gold. Gold tried in the fire of Almighty God. And this is what we must do. And you might say, well, what do you mean? Why gold? Well, Psalms 19.8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right. The Gospel, the Word of God on your lap and on the screen are right. And it rejoices the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes mom and dad that swore i will this is what you're supposed to be giving to those children something that will enlighten their high, their eyes make them pure in heart it's the gospel which is no longer hardly ever preached in our nation the fear of the lord is clean you ought to fear god there is a hell there is a real live hell and God says, having that fear in you keeps you clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. That's why the Lord is saying, I counsel you to buy of me my gold, not man's gold. Let's take a little short look about gold keeping this in mind, that the pure in heart see God. The pure, us. Gold is widely distributed in nature, but always in small quantities. Okay? It can be found all over, but in very small quantities. Rarely is gold found in a pure state. Hardly ever. Hardly ever. In, the, in its purest form, gold is soft and pliable. You understand? That ring on your finger... If you can't push it and mush it and mush it, it's not pure gold. So you can look at your husband. Seriously. Gold is soft and pliable, free from corrosion or other substance. When gold is mixed with other metals, for example, copper, iron, or nickel, it becomes harder, less pliable, and more corrosive. The mixture is called an alloy. The higher the percentage of copper, iron, nickel, or other metal, the harder the gold becomes. On the other hand, the lower the percentage of alloy, the softer and more flexible it is. The harder alloy, various things that don't belong in it, get in it and make it hard. Hebrews tells us, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. A pure heart is pliable and flexible for God. 
that God can easily say, you're the man. You go, but when God says, you're the man, you're, I'm there, I'm not coming to this church anymore. That's the alloy, the sin that has entered. Sin is this added alloy that turns our pure hearts hard. And the more of that in it, the less of God in our presence. That's why God says, the pure in heart shall see me. <clears throat> Acts 13, 21 says, And afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. It's not about you. It's not about what you want to do. Your will. I want to live in California. I want to live in Arizona. I want to. It's not about you. God's looking for a heart that will fulfill His will through you. The will of a church also. It's not about us. It's about Him. Unfortunately, too many of us in church today have a form of godliness without the tender, pliable heart. And it raises up in the midst of us from times to times through bickering and biting and fighting and feuding. And Therefore, our hearts grow cold. And when they grow cold and hardened to the things of God, and you do things that you would never have done when you were soft and pliable in the hands of God. A little of this from God, and you're, oh, right, God. Now God's going, and we don't feel it. Pliable. That's why you can't get up this, this morning and go, okay, I'll make my heart soft. We can't. You can't. We can't. I can't. Impossible. It has to be God. To throw yourself on the altar of God. Matthew 5, 19, or 9 says this, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. That's why we have Scripture up there. You see them. You look at them. It's on your lap. You decide. <clears throat> men fashion doctrine after what they want to believe, see, and feel, and think. And they dupe us all. Meanwhile, we have church in, in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. Not a whole lot going on. Our white hot love that one time you had, you was very pliable. You remember those days, very soft and pliable in the hands of God. That white hot love has now turned to kind of a frigid self-love. Hey, what about, it's all about me. Me. I mean, people move in and out of church because it's about them. It's not about the cause. It's not about the purpose. It's not about the, the reason. It's just about the immediate right then and there now. They, I heard a coach say about the NFL, the, the football, and, the, and this guy kept dropping the ball, and he ran up to him. And he said, you know what the NFL means? 
Not for long if you keep playing like that. And that's the way it is with, with the pastor or a church. It's not for long, pal. I'm not here long. And God is looking for a people, no matter what, will commit to Him. Him, not the church and not me, to God. <clears throat> now our church seeks comfort and pleasure and benefits and fun and things. We have some fellowships here, and they are needed, and it's good to have some fun. But that's not the main purpose. Now listen to this. I mean, you, you can't get away from it if you're into Christian TV. It says, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. No truth in them. Listen, supposing that gain is godliness. Possessions, prosperity, money. Supposing gain is godliness. The Word of God says, from such withdraw thyself. Withdraw thyself. Get away from them, is what the Word of God says. We run to them in masses. Masses. James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. That's pure religion. Pure religion. And listen to this. Another characteristic of gold is its resistance to rust or corrosion. Other metals tarnish as a result of the changes in the atmosphere. So if Teresa pulls her ring a little bit down and it's green, she can look at Lenny and say, you. <laughs> right? I mean, everybody's had that, right? And as soon as you know it's green, you know it's cheap. And if you bought it yourself, you say, well, I knew it was going to do that. It's not, it was, was 1995. And that, that's what it talks about, characteristic of gold. That won't happen. <clears throat> Brash tarnishes easily. It has gold appearance without possessing its character. Now, we're talking about our pure in heart, okay? Parallel that to us. The higher the percentage of foreign substance in gold, the more sensitive it is to corrosion and corruption. Look at the church. There's the corruption that's in the church. You what? You fell? You're at the biggest church in the West. You fell? Presently, the world system is leaking into the church because we are tarnishing. We have pursued our carnal appetites and called them blessings. We have pursued things we like to do. And we've called them blessings from God. And God's going like this. Eight out of ten kids are leaving God. Churches are closing. Adam's given us so many statistics for so long. We're going down to 4% Christianity in the United States. And we're sitting at the table going, <clears throat> saying they're blessings from God. They're not. Also, in the refining process, now this is the part where you're going to run. If you want to, if you want to be pure gold, there's stuff that's got to be cooked out of you. However God desires. In the refining process, gold is ground into powder and mixed with a substance called flux. The two are then placed into a furnace and melted by an intense fire. The impurities are drawn by the flux and rise to the surface. The gold which is heavier remains at the bottom. The impurities such as iron, copper, zinc are then removed. You have iron, copper, zinc in you. Will you present yourself to God? Will you 
buy gold from God? Are you going to buy the gold that's hard? And it looks good just like, but after a while it's going to corrode, turn green. Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. You heard that term, right, where your metal gets tested? Do you understand God does that? Do you have enough faith and love and trust in God to trust Him? God, whatever, whatever, Lord, whatever. <clears throat> 1 Peter 1, 1.6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Sometimes it's just seasons of heaviness and trials. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's the church. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you, you see him not, you believe. Yet rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. This comes from a pure heart. So God, we have asked God to give us a pure heart through the prayer that we just heard in the word of God. Now we're going to ask God, God, I want to buy. I want to buy this gold from you. Lord, I understand I cannot make myself pliable and soft. I cannot make myself ready and prepared for the things of God, for the season that we're in, for the time, the end season, the whole thing that's coming down out there in the world. You absolutely must be willing. Second Chronicles 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And again, I, cannot, I wish I could. I cannot say, I'll do that, God. I'll do that. I can't. God says, no, no, no. I'll do it. I'll do it to you. And you've got to be a willing vessel. Finally, the last characteristic of gold. In its purest state, it is transparent. Are you going to be transparent? Are you going to try to fake God out again? Are you going to say, it's me, God. It's me. Transparent. Are you going to be cool, man? Full of ego and pride. And, oh, no, it helps me. I'm... Are you going to be transparent? Or are you just going to say, man, can't do it. I can't. That's the, the characteristic pure state. That's why God says, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the streets of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. That's pure gold. Will you be transparent this morning? Uh, Brian, where are you? When you are <clears throat> purified by fiery trials, you become transparent. There's no faking. There's no putting on airs. It's nothing. God's got you on your knees, on your face. You're transparent. You're at the mercy of God. God, without you, I can't do nothing. A transparent vessel brings no glory to itself, but it glorifies 
what it contains. And that's Almighty God, 100% pure. The more we are refined, the clearer the world will see Jesus in you and in us. Would you please stand again? He's not praying for you. He's just standing in the gap praying for the ministry, for himself, for new hope. I'm counting on you, you and God. God, from the very beginning this morning, God, you began to convict me. God, so many things going on in my heart, Lord God. God, even in the praise and worship, God, even in the songs, God, God, you were convicting me. Things going on in my heart and things that I've let grow and fester and things that should not be and should never have been, God. God, help me. Father God, my pastors asked me to pray, God, and I can't even stand here and pray without first repenting and asking God that you forgive me. God, that you take my heart, Lord God, that you do, Lord God, as that is asking, give me a brand new one, Lord. God, that you take it, Lord God, and you do only what you can do, God, that you do a miracle inside of it, Lord God, that you give me that new heart, Lord. God, I know that things have taken place in my heart, Lord God, and in my life, Lord. Even if it's never been manifested, Lord God, I let it grow and I let it fester, Lord God. And I entertain things, Lord God, that should never be, Lord. God, I ask that you would help me. Help me, Lord God, to shut out the things of the world, shut out the lusts of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, Lord God, and the pride of this world and the pride of life, Lord. God, you took down whole cities for pride, Lord. And I know, God, that I deal with pride so much. God, I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Help, Lord Jesus, that I walk holy and pure before you, Lord Jesus. Help me, God, that I would not hold on to sin, Lord God, that I would not contemplate things that are wrong and wicked and evil, Lord God, as though they're a light thing, Lord God, I take them on, God, like they're no big deal, Lord God. God, help me to know the difference between the holy and the profane, Lord God. God, that I would run to you, Lord Jesus, that I would run to the Holy One of Israel, Lord God. God, that you would take a hold of me, Lord Jesus, and this body, God, as I stand here, Lord God, representing a body of new hope, Lord God. And I ask, God, that you would do something with the heart of new hope. God, that you would take a hold of us, Lord God, that you would do it, Lord Jesus. God, that there would be changes. God, in our lives, Lord God, in our hearts. God, I can't just stand here and say, I want to do it, Lord God. I can't just stand here, Lord God, and talk about how I want a pure heart, Lord. God, I got to have you do it, Lord. And I got to have you come, Lord God. And it's got to be manifested in my life, Lord. I don't want to just show up on Sunday and talk about how good God is. God, there are too many people out there that need to hear it and need to experience it. And I don't want to just stand here and talk about it in front of you and in front of people in this church, God. I want to experience it out there, Lord God, where people need to see it, God. 
God, I do pray for my family, Lord God. God, that they want to be like me. God, I have to be like you. I have to, God. The responsibility is great, God, but your grace and your mercy is greater. God, I do ask that you would give us that grace, Lord God. God, that it would be reflected in our lives, Lord God, that we can share it. Father, please, God, do something with new hope, Lord God, that we can walk in victory, Lord God. God, that we can walk in the authority that you've already given us, Lord. God, that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just ask, God, that as we deal with these things, Lord Jesus, God, that you take us day by day and step by step, Lord God, every step ordered of you, Lord God. God, if I start to veer to the left or to the right, Lord God, that you would take a hold of me, Lord God, like only you can, God. God, that you would turn me to the right, Lord God. God, that you would set my feet on that rock, Lord God, that is solid and true. Father, I pray that you would help my pastor, Lord God, that he would continue to preach without compromise, Lord. God, that he would continue to preach it straight like you've given it to him, Lord. And God, help us to adhere to it and to walk in it, Lord God. And God, that we would obey it, Lord God, and that we would impact those around us because of it, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're a holy God. You're a true and loving and wonderful and merciful God. Thank you, Lord God, that you can give us a clean heart, that you can give us a pureness, Lord God, that has never, never even been known in the world. A purity, Lord God, that those without you have no idea of. God, I just ask that you would continue to do that, Lord. God, I pray now, Lord God, have your way as we go, Lord Jesus, as my pastor preaches. God, have your way, Lord God, in every heart and in every situation, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In closing, listen. I'm going to give you opportunity to come to the altar yourself. One summer day, Ruth was going one direction, going to be gone all day, and I was going in the other direction, going to be gone all day. <clears throat> and so we had our cat, and the food is inside, and we didn't want to leave the cat in the house all day. Ruth's already gone, so I put some fresh canned cat food out there and said, you're on your own after this, buddy. Just got to go. And I don't know how long I was gone. I think I was first back. And I came back, I don't know, 12, 15 hours. I just can't remember. And flies were already did their thing and there was maggots already in that food and that short amount of time was fresh sealed canned food I went holy mackerel Jeremiah says Moab hath been at ease from his youth and hath settled on his lees meaning just settled in and not hath been emptied from vessel to vessel neither hath he gone into captivity Therefore, his tastes remain in him, and his scent is not changed. And I thought, oh, Lord, the Bible tells us that we are to change from glory to glory to glory. Sometimes we harden our hearts and we refuse to change. And then instantly we stink before God. And I thought, oh, Lord, what's my scent going to you? My scent. That fast that food turned corrupt was useless 
I think it's the same speed that happens with our hearts. This, tonight or this morning, you've heard, okay? I wonder if there's anybody out there who's never given your heart to the Lord and you want to this morning. You just want to. Maybe you've came with a friend, came with a buddy. This is time to just come down this altar as I'm going to call all the rest and give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, God, make me a pure vessel that I can be used by you, by the hand of God. The rest of you who are attempting to serve God and have been coming to this church, please, this is the call of God. This is not about you. You lay your life, you lay your heart. If that beat is in you, we're opening up these altars and asking you to come down. Those of you who might be here for your first time and you want to make that commitment, you want to give your heart to God, say, God, if you can use anything, please use me. Our altars are open. Please come down. If you have a friend and you're a little intimidated, first time in this church, Take them down with you. Take them down. Let them talk to you about the things of Almighty God. I'm not talking about joining this church. We have no membership. We have none. Come. While Michael sings and gives glory to God, you come.